Good morning, everyone. I like that response. Thank you. There's a lot of tools up here. Um, I get a little confused. I'm sorry. I got, uh, I got something to advance the slides. I got something to point at the slides. I brought my own thing to point at the slides. Sorry, that's not, my, that's not that one. Um, I got my phone. And I got keys, so if you happen to hear the alarm going off, as I've hit the wrong button here. And if you happen to get a, a laser strike, because I got confused, it's a low voltage one, so they say that the flash will go away in about a week, so sorry in advance. Um, with all these things here, I was reminded of a, a Herman comic. Uh, maybe some of the older ones remember Herman, maybe some of the younger ones don't know what I'm talking about. But he was a guy that could put into a cartoon the realities of life. And uh, there's one there that I got a kick out of. He's, the, 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 the husband is sitting in a big chair in front of the TV and he's pushing the remote at the TV. And his wife comes in the front door with the groceries. And she says, he says to her, he says, the remote's not working. She says, that's strange. The garage door keeps going up and down. <laughs> well, that's the way I think I am sometimes with some of my technology. Uh, thank you for inviting me here. I'm excited to be here. Uh, have, I had a great day yesterday at uh, Jesus to the Nations. Uh, if you're not thrilled about our Savior, uh, go down and visit there. See what the Lord is doing. We have a great God. I don't understand why I put so many boundaries on him. Uh, who am I? He's the one who has saved me and rescued me. Who am I to... Uh, put any kind of, of boundaries on him. He's a great God. And so it's been exciting for me, and I, I'm going to be here all week, leave Saturday morning. So uh, if you would like to have coffee with me, uh, um, please let me know if you've got time for that. Love to hear how you came to know the Lord, and love to hear what you're doing here, get to know you. A um, little bit about myself. I was born at a very young age. Um, <laughs> so, Sorry, I have bad jokes. I, I had, my kids would be walking out the back door if they were here. They've heard them all too many times. Um, my, my parents are believers, and uh, from the youngest time, uh, they brought me up around the Word of God. And I would probably hold almost a world record for going to gospel meetings. I was raised in a gospel hall in Vancouver, and uh, they were known for uh, having lots of gospel series. And uh, my parents made sure I came out to all of them. And I cannot remember a time in my life that I did not want to know that I was going to heaven. But I really struggled with believing. How to believe? Was I believing the right way? Was I believing enough? And I would sit in gospel meeting and hear the word of God preached and be very convicted of my sins be very convicted of where I was going, understanding that there was salvation. The strange thing was, I believed the Word of God enough to know that I was going to hell. But I didn't believe it enough to know that my sins had been forgiven and I was going to heaven. I struggled with how to receive it. And it got to the point in my life where I, I would say, I hated John 3.16 because it confused me. I always believed, and yet I wasn't going to heaven. And it wasn't until I was 19 years old that um, a few people spoke uh, different things to me that really helped me to get past some of my hang-ups. And I think my biggest hang-up was, well, it was definitely myself, but I was trying to put my faith in my faith. I thought my salvation came because of how I believed, and was it strong enough, was it good enough, was it the right way? I tell you, I finally realized my faith is not in my faith. My faith is in my Savior. My faith, I like to stress to people, my faith does not save me. I am saved through faith. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who saves me. He is the one who died for me and took all the punishment for my sins. And so I am not trusting in my faith. I'm trusting in my Savior. I received it through believing. I received it through faith. It wasn't from what I have done. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So this is, I was, I was 19 years old. Um, to the world's standards, not a bad guy. But I knew what went on upstairs here. I knew I was a sinner. There was no doubt about that. But one night, I was at home and I was reading through the book of Romans. In Romans chapter 4, uh, someone had encouraged me to, to read there. And I came to verse 25 and it says, Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Well, you, if you get to know me, you know me. I'm not, I'm not good with words. I can maybe tell a story, but I don't have a big vocabulary. But I do know this, that was is past tense. Already done. Who was delivered for my offenses and was raised again for my justification. And I asked myself two questions. Can I trust God? Yes, I can trust God. I cannot trust myself. Many times I said, I will never do that again. What did I do? I did it again. But I knew I could trust God. And I said, where does God say my sins are? God says that all my sins were placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I thought if they're on him, then they're not on me. I said, thank you, Lord Jesus. And that's the only thing I'm trusting in to get to heaven. I'm trusting in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And that's the only place to trust. I tell you, when I look inside myself, I come to the quick conclusion, you're not a Christian. Look at what you do. Look at what you think about. Look at what you've done. You're not a Christian. When I turn my eyes to the cross, I say, oh, thank you again. Thank you. This morning here, we're worshiping the Lord. I think the worship is gospel. And gospel is worship. We're talking about the one who died for us the one that we now love and adore. So uh, I thank you for allowing me to come, but I wanted to start off by just sharing that little bit with you, about how I came to know the Lord. Uh, I don't think we tell our testimonies enough. We don't let people know that once we were lost, now we, are, now we see. Once we were lost, now we have been found. We didn't grow into salvation. I wasn't born a Christian. Once I was lost, but now I see. And we need to share our testimonies with other people so that they might know. I'm wondering, when was the last time you told your testimony to somebody? Did anybody tell your testimony the last week? One? Good. Month? Last month? One? Last year? Wonderful. You know what? If you don't have anyone to tell your testimony to, tell it to yourself. It'll warm your heart. When you take yourself back to the cross and you realize what the Lord has done. So I, I'm glad to be able to uh, speak with you here. Um, I, I also want to stress one other, point out one other thing there about my own testimony. It was back in uh, March 2nd, 1982 that I got the assurance of my salvation. But I want to point this out too. I'm not sure if that's when I got saved. Because there was many times in the past I could maybe look at and say, well, maybe I got saved then. Maybe I got saved then. But you know what? I, I, don't, I don't worry about that now. The fact is I'm saved right now, and that's what matters. If I look back a little bit, it sometimes confuses me. But what's important is I'm saved right now, and that's what I'm very thankful for. And I know that many Christians' children would struggle with the same thing. And as I share this, others will tell me, hey, I got the same thing. And I'm kind of been pushed and forced to say, I got saved on this date. I understand why people do that. But you know what? If, if that is not your experience, tell the truth. Because it will help other people. It will encourage other people. I want to read in uh, the book of Jonah. You have a fast clock back there. <laughs> but I'm glad you don't have one in front of me here because uh, I think the one behind me goes, uh, goes slow and the one behind me is there going, uh, goes very fast here. So, Jonah chapter 1. Well-known story, I'm sure, to most, if not all of you. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 says this. The, war, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. 
But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Well, we, kn- we know this story here of Jonah. He's been given a job to do, but he's not going to do it. He doesn't agree with God. He doesn't want to be chosen by God. He's not going to do it, so he's going to run from God. And what does God do? God, in his mercy, sends a storm. Have you ever had a storm in your life? I have. My wife went through cancer. When our daughter was three months old, she had open-heart surgery. Uh, There's been many other tough times. We have all gone through storms. We see here with Jonah, we know that God sent that storm. But you know what God also did? He provided salvation. He sent that whale or that great fish that swallowed Jonah. He just didn't let him die in the ocean. He sent that great fish and it swallowed Jonah. Let's turn over to chapter 3. Chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation, what I am going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, and he cried out and said, Yet four days, forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God. God gave Jonah another chance to obey him. You know, I've been thinking here about the Great Commission. Are we doing it? Am I doing it? God has given us a job to do. Are we doing it or are we running the other direction? God is merciful. That's why we're here today. It's only because of God's mercy. And God has given us another chance. Maybe he brings a storm into your life. Maybe he rocks your solid world, or at least the world that you thought was solid. He rocks it a bit. Why? To draw you to him. Jonah obeyed the second time. I want to encourage all of us to take God's command seriously, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to make disciples, to to baptize them. Like Jonah, for many years I would say I went the other direction. I didn't do it. Excuses or whatever, I didn't do it where I could and should be doing it. When God spoke to me and laid it on my heart to speak to people, I would put my head down and look the other direction long enough till the opportunity went away, to my shame. I pray that I am able to go out there and do what God has asked us to do. He's given us another day today. Satan will let, try to drag you down about your past failures. We want to learn from our past and move forward. God has given us another opportunity to share his word. And so we want to go forth and share that great news. I work with uh, Lighthouse Harbor Ministries in Vancouver. I love the name Lighthouse. We were singing about it. A lighthouse, to me, serves two purposes. Do we have any sailors here? Uh, I've never been a sailor. I've been on a cruise, but uh, that's hardly being a sailor. Uh, Like one lady said, I'll go on any ship as long as it has a gift store. It's big enough to have a gift store. Uh, I I talk to this, when I talk to the sailors on board the ship, I say, what's the purpose of a lighthouse? And it comes to this. There's, There's two purposes. It warns of danger, and it guides to safety. I believe that's what the Word of God is. I believe that's our job, to warn of danger, but to guide to safety. And that's exactly and only through his word, the Holy Bible. I believe it's necessary to preach sin, 
to preach disobedience to God, to preach punishment, eternal punishment, because without them understanding where they're going, there can be no salvation. Hebrews says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How can there be so great salvation if there's not so great a danger? We need to make it very clear, not water it down, not try to soften it for them. We want to do it correctly. We want to do it with love and kindness, but we cannot water down God's word. We need to be sharing with them both the danger, but the salvation that the Lord has provided. I don't want to get after people for a, a, a word, but I, I personally, the, I get a little, little upset sometimes when I talk, hear people talking to the unsaved and said, you need to make him your friend. You need to make him your savior. That's what we need. We need a savior, a savior of sinners. And if you were to ask me, who is Jesus Christ to me? I tell you, number one, he's my savior. Number one, he's my savior. And now I want him to be my Lord. First he was my savior, and now I want him to be my Lord. And I want to follow him and obey him. A little bit about uh, Lighthouse. Uh, we were started in 1981. Um, there was some people in Vancouver that wanted to reach out to the sailors coming into the ports of Vancouver in a uh, more of a formal way. My father uh, visited ships for nearly 50 years. Back in the day when there was no such thing as security, you drove up to the ship, drove up to the gangway, you walked on the gangway and you asked for the captain. And that's how you got on board. Um, after 9-11, of course, things changed a lot. And uh, a lot more procedures went into place and rules and security and that. But we have the great privilege today of going on board the ship. And I've been telling some that the, actually the, the Transport Canada, the government of Canada, is in our favor. We have some ports, <clears throat> and they try to give us a hard time about coming on board. Because to security and to safety, we can sometimes be a, a concern for them, or maybe even a nuisance to them. We want to follow their rules, but it's another vehicle driving around the port. Somebody else on the port. But Transport Canada says that we have the right to be in the port because we are there for the welfare of the sailors. And sometimes we've had where the ports have uh, tried to stop us from going in, and we remind them what Transport Canada says. And if they still don't, we have to phone Transport Canada and say, please talk to this port. Remind them of the rules, because we're allowed in there because we're going in there for the welfare of the sailors. And they all agree and let us in. And I would have to say that we have a very good report with uh, all of the security uh, once they've agreed to let us in. But there was a desire in 1980 there to uh, formalize going on board the ships in Vancouver. And uh, we see a lot of ships there. We see a lot of cruise ships, uh, all different types of ships coming to Vancouver. And so uh, Lighthouse was started, and we started just visiting ships. And a few years later, we were able to buy a center, where we, uh, a, like a clubhouse, and I'll show you the pictures here. But we were able to buy this and uh, uh, invite the sailors to our center. I might as well start the slides. This is our, our uh, if you go on our website here, you'll see that uh, a little bit about our history and who we are and what we're doing here. There we go. Okay, so if you're familiar with the uh, lower mainland of Vancouver, We've got Stanley Park, kind of well-known, down here. This is the city of Vancouver. And we have a center right over here uh, by the mountains. So if you know where Grouse Mountain is or any of the ski hills, we're right down here on the waterfront. And then we also have a center here on the Fraser River, uh, the Fraser Surrey Center. This is the one I typically spend most of my time at because I, I live in Surrey, um, and so it's a lot closer for me. So if there's ships in Surrey or I'm at the center, it's just a lot closer for me. If there's no ships in this, this is not as busy a port. If there's no ships here, then I'll go back over here because there's always ships in the Vancouver port. There we go. This is our center at the Fraser Surrey Dock. We started here, and we were in some trailers. And uh, the port came to us a while later and said, we really like what you're doing, but we need your spot. We need where you are, we're redeveloping the port, we need where you are, but we'll work with you and give you something. So it went around in circles a few times, and uh, we eventually 
uh, settled on this uh, piece of property here, which was a garbage dump. And so we took it, we had to do some soil sampling and everything to make sure we weren't being stuck with uh, uh, someone else's contamination. And we got a 20-year lease on it. We pay a lot for the lease. It's a dollar, but it's plus GST uh, per year. That's what we pay for this. So they're really in favor of us here. Uh, so we're actually halfway through the lease already. So we're thinking that in a few years, we've got to start to collect some uh, thoughts from the, the, the sailors and that, seeing how much they appreciate what we do from the port, so that when we go to Canada, the Transport Canada again for renewing the lease, that uh, they will be in favor of us. And we just know the way the government's going right now. We, we don't want to take this lightly. But this is our center here. We, we built this here uh, about eight years ago. Um, it was mostly by volunteers, and you'll see here, it's uh, a beautiful center inside. This is a, a, a blurry picture of our uh, literature rack. So we these are all individual different languages. In the ports, we have had over uh, 100 different nationalities uh, come into our ports. Um, people from all over the place. But the, the main ones would be a 10, about 10 countries, 10 nationalities. Filipino is number one. Uh, maybe about 50% of the sailors are Filipino. There's a lot from uh, India, from China, from Bangladesh, Eastern Europe, Eastern European countries. Uh, you never find a Canadian on board. Uh, they're not willing to work for those wages under those conditions. These men all have nine-month contracts. Uh, then they're maybe home for two or three months. And we know when the military sends people off on a tour of duty somewhere, and when they come back home, uh, we make a big deal of it, as we should. Um, but this, these men, this is their life. This is their whole working career. And it's a, it's a very tough life. Loneliness, uh, temptations, um, not only their, their own sins in their life that they're battling with, they phone home and sometimes they get bad news about what's going on. I had one chief officer asked me to come meet with him side, on a side there, and he told me that he had gotten news that his wife was having an affair. He, he was, didn't know what to do. He didn't know who to even talk to. He couldn't talk to the captain about it. The captain, he said, was very understanding, but he couldn't go and talk to him about it. And I was just thankful to be able to sit down, share with him, share some verses from the Bible, encourage him to read the Bible, help him maybe find some literature, but most of all, we're pointing him that he needs to make sure that he's right with God that he's, he's trusting the Lord Jesus as his Savior. We have a little store there. This is our Walmart. Sorry. Uh, these are just some pictures here of some sailors here. Can we turn these lights off? Maybe we'll get a better picture here. Uh, these are Chinese sailors, uh, Filipino sailors. We have our, our bear on top of the uh, log here. Um, most photographed bear, I think, in the world. At least that's my claim. Um, you can challenge me on that, but uh, they love to walk around with their cameras, and they're all on Skype, and they're taking pictures of our center. It's beautifully done up. We're very thankful for it. Someone told me, oh, I thought you were in a cold warehouse somewhere. No, we have two beautiful centers. They're done up like beautiful clubhouses. This is one of our rooms there uh, for the computers and the phones. Uh, the phones used to be a very important part of our ministry, but now it's Wi-Fi. And uh, before they were all lined up to take a f the, make their phone calls home, we sold them phone cards, and they would be lined up to uh, contact their homes, but uh, now it's, the phones are hardly used, and we keep dropping the lines and trying to add more capacity in our Wi-Fi. This is in, uh, there's, there's two main, or three rooms in the, the Fraser Surrey Center. This is the kitchen room here, and so you can see they're all busy on their laptops, and I even know this is an older picture because few of them have laptops anymore. It's all just their phones. A few will bring in a laptop, but not many. But we gather them together throughout the evening. We're open every night of the year from 6 till 10. And we gather them together into, our, uh, into the room, side room here, and we share the Word of God with them. We'll sing with them. If my wife is there, we sing. If I'm there, I don't sing. They'll leave if I sing. So uh, we, we'll sing with them. We get them to sing their national anthems, and sometimes we'll have three or four nationalities there, so they all get them all to stand up and sing their national anthem. But we'll share the Word of God with them, and we give out thousands of Bibles a year in different languages. I had down at the uh, Missions Fest there a Bible, Chinese on one side of the page, English on the other. Someone decided they needed it more than I did, so they took it off my table there. Uh, but 
it's a great tool for me. I can't speak Chinese, but I can sit down there, open the Bible with them, and they will try to read English, and they can read English. But if they come to a word they don't know, they can flip back to the other side of the page and read Chinese. A great tool for us to use there. Uh, this is the same room here, but there you can see just nice decor there. Uh, some people say we'll make a nautical theme. They're sailors. They don't want a nautical theme. That's their life. This is a Western, West Coast theme here. Big trees and lots of wood. Uh, this is my friend Ashley Millen. A uh, great singer, professional singer. Uh, so he comes down sometimes and he's singing with them and sharing the work. You can see they start pulling out all their cameras and they start videoing him. Uh, this is in the big room here, our pool table and our ping pong table. This is my wife uh, singing with them. This was a night that we had a bigger crowd, so we had to use this room here. We have on average about 15 men a night come to each of our centers. I would say the greatest night of the whole year is Christmas Day. Especially with the Filipinos. Christmas is a big deal from them. They're away from home. They're very lonely. We're able to invite them in. We have a great time together. Yes, we have to leave the rest of my family uh, to do this, but we've always had our daughters come down, and uh, it's a great opportunity to, uh, to, to help these sailors forget about their loneliness and to point them back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, let's look in the other direction, this tall guy here, uh, opening the Bible up and reading to them. This is our center in North Vancouver, so if you're familiar with the area at all, uh, it's right by the sea bus terminal, and uh, we basically work the North Shore Harbor. We very, do very little in Vancouver. We're wanting to grow, but we're having problems getting people uh, willing to commit to doing ship visitation. So we pick up from, we call bridge to bridge, uh, on the North Shore, and we bring to our center. So there's no charge to the sailors for the shuttle service. Uh, the, the, there's no charge to come in. We do have the little store if they wish, but uh, there's other stores around, so we don't even promote that. It's only if they want to. But they will come uh, to our center there. This is the back mural on the wall, our pool table course, ping pong. I think it's a beautiful center. It, a real nice place for the men to relax. These are our phone booths. They're pretty empty these days, but uh, we, they used to be lineups. We even have signs on there that uh, there's a 30-minute limit when there's a lineup. Well, there's no lineups anymore. <laughs> and this is up on our mezzanine. Uh, you can see the sailors here just on their phones there. And we just mingle with them. Everybody does it differently. Uh, I tend to gather them together and to have a gospel message for them. Some people are not comfortable with that, so they just go from sailor to sailor, talking with them, where are you from, your families, get to know them, and share the Word of God with them. Everyone, that's, got, that's really their goal, is to eventually get to the Word of God. Our motto there is to serve the sailors in word and deed, and uh, so we, we're there to uh, help them with any of their issues. Uh, we sometimes run them to Walmart, to Best Buy, we give them maps, we take them around, uh, but... The goal, of course, is to share the Word of God with them. number of Chinese sailors here, busy on their uh, phones. They're, uh, for me, they're a little bit different in how to witness to them. I love it when uh, we can have a, someone who's from China that can come down and witness to them in their own language. We give out a lot of Jesus DVDs to them. Uh, they're in 24 languages. Then we have another one that's just Indian languages, 14 Indian dialects, languages there. Uh, it's a great tool to share the Word of God with them. And many of them will take it, and they say, I'm going to take this home to my village and show it to them. Praise the Lord. Two years ago, and I remember this because it was a good Friday, I went to a ship, and uh, it was, has an American crew. There's only a couple of ships that come in that have American crew. And you know Americans, they're the same as Canadians. Uh, they're not very interested in hearing the Word of God. Uh, so I go on board this ship with hesitation. And as I go on board the ship, I run into two guys there. One guy's got a big skull hanging around his neck. <laughs> uh, but I get talking with him. He wants to talk to me. And he tells me that he goes to church. He's the drummer in the church. Well, he also admitted that he's not doing very good. And so I was able to encourage him in the Word of God. And then that night, uh, my wife and I were both down at the center, and it was mostly a Chinese crew. And when my wife starts singing, 
they start pulling out their phones and videoing her. And then they uh, continued to video when I spoke, and I was speaking through an interpreter. And the sailor says to me, he says, when I get home, I'm going to show this to my church, my small church. We think of China as a big country, and it is, but the further inland you go, the less people there are. He says, I come from a small church. He says, I'm going to show this to them. And I said, great, you're going to translate it? He says, no, it is translated. Oh, yeah, right. But what an opportunity. It thrilled me that the, the, the beautiful songs and God's wonderful word was going back into China. I would love to be able to go to China and share the gospel. But I don't speak their language and would have problems with the government trying to do that. But here is someone that's taken it back for me. It's amazing how the seed can be sown and spread. A little store there. This is just a... Uh, the, the Vancouver Harbor here is at Stanley Park. But you see, this is the big freighter parking lot here. And, and this is where the cruise ships come. We're really working over on the far side here on the North Shore. This uh, picture here, uh, this is a cadet. I remember him here. He was a, a chubby little cadet. Uh, he didn't realize really how good he had it because uh, this captain is a believer. And he holds Bible studies on board. I would say maybe one in five, one in ten ships, we meet uh, the crew where someone is holding a Bible study. If you're going to pray for us, please pray for those men on the ships. I go on for an hour, two hours, four hours. These men are on for nine months. So they have a much greater impact in sharing the Word of God. And so I, when I go on board, I say, what do you need? You want 20 Bibles? I'll give you 20 Bibles. You want 20 study booklets? I'll give you 20 stu study booklets. We want to help you. You're the ones out there doing the work. Last uh, May, I had the privilege of going to the Philippines, and uh, we were to meet some people. The fellow I was traveling with had made arrangements, and uh, he told me somebody was coming. I didn't recognize the name, but that's not uncommon for me. And the elevator door opens, and in walks the captain. I said, I know you. He said, I know you. Uh, I didn't recognize his name, but we had a wonderful day with him. This captain admitted to us, he says, I'm struggling. It's tough. He says, my family's not going on for the Lord, and it's tough. He spent the whole day with us. And, and not only did he spend the day with us, it, we were in Manila. He rode their jeepneys, which are polluting extended jeeps, uh, in the back of this for two hours to come visit us. And then at the end of the night, he had to ride it, take it home for two hours. And he wanted to come with church, to church with us the next day. I said, well, we're leaving at 7 in the morning because somebody was picking us up. I'll be here. So he probably got home at 9 or 10 at night, and he was back downtown in Manila at 7 in the morning. He wanted to be with us. Sad thing is, we've, not, we've lost contact with him. He hasn't been responding to us, which isn't all that uncommon for the Filipinos. Um, but we're praying for him. We want to encourage him. These men need a lot of encouragement. This is just a, uh, a big front-end loader inside the, the ship. Once they've emptied as much as they can, they've got to put the big loader inside here to scoop out all the corners. This one here was happened to be bringing in salt. This is a, a, a log carrier. I find these things interesting. I'm from a manufacturing background, uh, so I always find these things interesting. Um, I think the, actually the next, ship, the next picture is better, or to start... First, they fill up what they call the holds of the ship with logs. Then they close over the lids. They put up out, uh, let me go back here, outriggers. Then they put up these outriggers, and they load this up so that they can just see on the top of the ship, they can see above it. And they head off to China or to Japan or to Korea with this load of logs here. Um, takes them about a week to load them, and we have a great time. They come to our center just about every night when they're in port here. Just to give you an idea, we know tanker trucks, they're big, right? See this tanker truck? Is it big? Uh, not really. It's not that big. These ships are uh, huge. This is a, a cook I met inside his galley. Isn't this very nice? Wouldn't you like to have a kitchen like this? He's special. Most of them are kind of run down. <laughs> they're pretty rough shape, but this was a, a new ship here. Some men on the deck, we give out hundreds and hundreds of toques. We have many ladies knitting for us from across the prairies, from around Vancouver, from down in the States, and they send them to us. And when we go on board the ship, we are able to give them a toque, and that just warms them right up to us. 
and they need it on the ocean. You know, if you're out on the, out on the, the coast here, it's, uh, it's always chilly. And so you get out in the middle of the sea with the waves uh, rolling and the wind roaring, it's a cold place. So they really appreciate these toques. And it just opens the door for us. And we tell them, these, knits, these toques have been knit with love for you. We ask the knitters, please pray for the sailors as you knit these toques. Some sailors here. I go on, I go on board with these beautiful uh, picture texts here. Great Bible verses. And I put them up on the... I ask them, can I put it up in your mess room? Sure. They, they love me putting it up there. And I, I see the ships come back a year, two years later. They're still up there. It's the Word of God. This sailor here had quite a story. I met him on a Tuesday night. He asked me if I was a priest because he wanted to confess his sins to me. I said, I'm not a priest, uh, but I, I'll talk to you. But I, you, know, you don't have to confess your sins to me. Well, he told me his story. He was a needy guy. Uh, he told me he, he didn't trust his wife. And he was telling me a bit about himself. And I said, why don't you trust your wife? Why, why is that? No, 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 she's a good woman. She's a good woman. You can trust her. I said, then why are you doubting her? I said, matter of fact, she should be not trusting you. From what you've told me, she shouldn't be trusting you. I said, when you phone your wife, I, don't take, I need to take my own advice, but I said, when you phone your wife, tell her three things you love about her. And next time you call her, tell her three more things about it. Well, he, he liked that idea. I don't know if he did it. That was on a Tuesday. On a Saturday night, I'm at a wedding. Someone keeps phoning me. Who's calling me? I'm at a wedding. Finally, I take the call. It's him. He's cut his thumb off. It's just been hanging on. It's cut right through. It's just hanging on by some little bit of tissue there. He's all upset. This is going to change his career. Now, if we lost a thumb on our job, we'd be pretty well taken care of here. Filipinos? Going back to the Philippines? Not so. Their idea of taking good care of you is a nice handshake, a pat on the back. There is not a lot of support for them. This is changing his career. As a sailor, it's a good career for a Filipino financially. Many hardships, but financially it's good. I was, a, I was able to meet with him a couple times while he rested here before he was able to fly back to the Philippines. And I prayed with him and shared the scriptures with him many times. I've tried to stay in contact with him. Uh, I, you kind of lose contact with some of these people if they live in some of the outlying areas. But we take for granted a lot of things that we have here in Canada. And we don't even understand what other people go through and the lack of social systems to help them. Another sailor here, he was a very nice guy. Uh, he was a believer, and he'd run inside every time to contact his wife and talk to her. This here is a captain, Captain John Darlie. Uh, met him a number of times. We all knew him. He was a great man. He holds Bible studies on board. There's a lot of ships from his company that come into the port, and uh, they all know him. He's even retired from them now, but they all know Captain John Darlie, and they'll tell you he's a real Christian. What do they say about us? What do our neighbors say about us? Oh, he goes to that church? Or would they say, he's a real Christian. She's a real Christian. That's what they say about this captain. His wife's not a believer. He asks us to pray for her. But she came to sail with him for the first time in 20 years. And so they were about an hour, well, about two hours from our home up in Squamish. And so we went up there, my wife and I, we picked them up and we toured them around the city of Vancouver. Because if you're going to be here, you might as well see the sights. Uh, but it was just an opportunity to share with them. Uh, some Indian sailors on board the ship. I'm just going to flick through these real quick, if this thing will cooperate. Uh, a text, an old text that I found on board the ship there. This fellow here, I can't remember his name, but when he found out I was a Christian, he was so excited. He's a believer, and he tells me, he says, I pray with the men, and I try to have Bible studies. He says, I want you to talk to my friend. So he runs off to get this fellow here. And as they come, both come walking back to me, he runs by me and he whispers, he's a Muslim. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. <laughs> but I was able to share with him. And I, as I talked to people of all religions, the first question I asked them, why are you this religion? You get some different answers. Most answers are because, because my father is, my grandfather is. One man told me, I don't know. I thought, you're depending upon this for all eternity and you don't even know? I said, and I give them a chance. I say, well, how does a Muslim, how does a Hindu, how does a Sikh, how does a Buddhist, how do you get to heaven? 
And in every one of them, it's about having this big pile of good deeds, a small pile of bad deeds. And I asked him, how are you doing with that? You've got to do better. Yeah. Have you tried doing better? Yeah, but I've got to do even better. I said, God forbid if you were to die right now, where would you go? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think I'd do, do very good. I said, can I tell you what the Bible teaches? That it's not about what we have done. It's about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. I asked him, can you swim? It's amazing that so many of the men that are on board the ships cannot even swim. But I, I asked him, can you? Okay, some do. I said, you know, I wasn't a bad swimmer. And when they're on the river there, I said, I could have swam that distance. I wouldn't swim it in a fast-flowing river, but if it was a lake, I could swim that distance. But I said, if I fall overboard in the middle of the ocean, I don't say, well, keep going, I'll just swim the rest of the way to Vancouver. I said, what do I need? I need a Savior. I need someone to rescue me. If, I, if no one rescues me, I'm going to be dead within an hour for sure. I said, you know what, we may do some good things, we may help our neighbors out, but nobody's good enough to get to heaven. We need a Savior, someone to rescue us. And the good news is, it's already been done. The rescuing has already been done. Some of the sailors, when I asked them where they would go, they'd tell me, well, God will decide. God only knows. I say, God's work is finished. It's all done. Now he's offering it as a gift. Will you take it? I said, you know, the only people be in hell who's done this to God. No. No, I don't, I don't need it. I'm good. I'm, I'm young. I'm this religion. Hey, I was baptized. Whatever excuse they're saying, I don't need your salvation. I'm going to do it my way. I want, we have come here, uh, I've come here with the blessing of Lighthouse and the blessing of my assembly to see if there'd be people here that would take an interest in the, sh in the ships that are coming here, the sailors that are on board. The ships have 20 to 25 crew. A cruise ship have over 1,000 crew. We have an amazing ministry in Victoria that is only seasonal, and it's just to the uh, cruise ships. And they, because they're going to come back in a week or two weeks, you get to know them throughout the summer. And you befriend them. One man, a retired doctor, he takes them to Bouchard Gardens. He goes down, meets them on one week, tells them, anybody here want to go to Bouchard Gardens next time? Okay, well, let's plan it. I'll be here two weeks today when the ship comes back. I'll be here at 7 o'clock in the morning. We'll go to Bouchard Gardens, and we'll enjoy the day, and we'll come back to my house for a barbecue. They love it. They never forget these things. But throughout the day, he's sharing the Word of God with them. So there's many opportunities. So I'm here today with our booth at Jesus to the Nations and hopefully speaking to someone here that would like to take a bit of time to witness to these sailors. It's an open door. I, this is not my work. This is the Lord's work. I, the reason I got involved with this, I was invited to go down to our center one night. I went down there and I could not believe how much more interested they were in listening to the Word of God than my neighbor would be. I thought, this is a ripe field. This is a great opportunity to share the Word of God. So what would it take? You would need your port pass. I can help you get that. We, we are, we're an organization. I, I've been looked through the paperwork already, what's required here. You know, we can set you up there, go through the paperwork. There's car carriers come in. They're one of my favorites in Vancouver to get on. Uh, they're in Vancouver, I'm not sure here yet, but in Vancouver they're typically in for about eight hours. So I only have the morning to get on board the ship. It's a great time on board. They've got lots of questions, and uh, they may be looking for Wi-Fi or something. Some people bring on a modem for them to use. But if you could give even one morning a week, one morning every two weeks, even one morning a month, I guarantee anybody doing it will realize what a, it's a blessing for us to do it. The many opportunities that we have to share the Word of God. It does not take a huge commitment from you. Hopefully your commitment will grow when you realize what a blessing it is to you that you're able to bless these men with the gospel. But that's just how it starts. We have a number of people, and I do have a, a flyer back there. I would like you to take one. I've got two there. One's our little information, what we are, but here's our latest newsletter. And if you'd like to sign up to receive it electronically, I, I have a paper you can just sign up or just email us. But please take this. There's three stories in here, three main stories. 
of people that have retired recently and now take one to two mornings a week visiting the ships. It's a blessing for them. When they're not able, they tell me, I've missed it. I miss going on board the ships. They're friendly, they're welcoming, not everybody, but most, and they need to hear the Word of God. Last Tuesday, I sat across from a, a, a believer. He was a, the first engineer on board, and he had one of his crew beside him. And this man was under the burden of sin, I, I, I believe. And he was very squirmish in his seat. He wasn't trying to leave, but he was convicted by his sins. And he was explaining to us that he likes heavy metal music. And he knows the, the lyrics are blasphemy. He knows that. But he likes the music but he doesn't think it's right. And he, it happened at one point there, he lifted up his arm to scratch his arm, and I seen he had a tattoo of barbed wire. I said, oh, what's your tattoo of? He says, well, I got a worse one on my back. I got the Grim Reaper. This is a Filipino. I wasn't trying to condemn him for his tattoo. I said, what does the barbed wire mean to you? It's just a symbol. I said, to me, it means bondage. It means jail. It means you're, you, you're not free. I said, it sounds to me like you're not free. There's only one person that can free you, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to receive him as your Savior. We had a really nice talk with him. The, uh, the believer on board, his boss, the believer, we were able to really encourage him. And we hope to see him again in, in, a, in about three weeks. His ship should be back. Or sorry, four to five weeks, his ship will be back. And go on board and encourage them again. They look forward to seeing us. They'll tell us, we've been waiting for you. We knew you were coming. We've been looking forward to it. We don't come with a lot of trinkets, just a toque or something. It's not as if I'm giving out chocolate bars or anything. We're giving out the Word of God, and they're hungry for it. They see the need. Many of them will tell us, I didn't expect to get here. The seas were so rough. Um, there, there, I, further in my slides, I have a picture of a, a car carrier there, a huge car carrier, sides super high. They said the waves are coming over the side, not the front, over the side. They were rolling so much in the ocean. I say, I'd love to be on a ship in a storm for five minutes. And then I'd be saying, okay, time out, I'm off. <laughs> they're, in a, they're, they're sometimes in these st storms for two weeks. Sometimes a day, sometimes two weeks. But it doesn't stop at the end of the day. It doesn't give you a coffee break and allow you to go sit down. It keeps going and going. These men need our prayers. So if you are be interested, I'd love to share more with you. On Wednesday night, I'm going to be hosting a dinner at the Swiss Chalet. Uh, if, you'd if you'd like to come and learn more, uh, we'd love to have you there. We'd like to pray for the work there. We have, Lighthouse has started a number of other, uh, I'll say, branches, but we're not trying to control them. We get them started up the coast of BC, and then we hand them off to the local people. We're in fellowship with them. We pray with them. We share literature with them. We buy Bibles together in bulk. Um, but it's not that we're trying to set up another lighthouse controlled by us. It's just the local people. My father went on board the ships with no association other than going on with the Bible. Um, to get a port pass, you kind of have to have some sort of association. We can help you with that. You could probably even go through your church here. Um, so there's different ways to, to reach out to them. The cruise ships, the seasonal one. This is one where wise women are really needed. There's so many women on board a ship on a cruise ship, not on a, not on a freighter, but on a cruise ship. And they need comfort. They need someone to put their arm around them and to give them good direction and to comfort them. When a sailor's at sea for nine months, I thought, it must be very hard to be away from your family. But when I meet the ladies from the cruise ships, and they're away from their own children for that time, I thought, if it's hard for a man, how much harder it is for a mother. And they need comfort. And they, they need us to just be a friend to them and to share the word of God with them. So, if you have other questions, be happy to talk to you. If you're, uh, John and me, I think you're going to be heading out fairly soon back to Jesus to the nations. But if you would like to learn more, happy to meet with you, happy to host you there at the Swiss Chalet. Please just let me know so I know uh, numbers. Um, that's on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. And that's, I think it's Lakewood or something there. Um, thank you. Uh, let me know, please. But if you'd like to, to learn more and hear more, but when you look at the ships here, Please don't look at the steel. Look at the souls on board. Pray for these people. They need our prayers. They're, they're coming to us. Going into all the nations. We're blessed. They're coming to us. 
They're coming right to our own doorstep from all these nations, and they're taking the Word of God back with them. That's the greatest thing. Many are coming to know the Lord as their Savior. We don't count numbers, but we're, we just keep sowing the seed because we know that salvation comes through the Lord. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time here. Great meeting all of you. Hope to see you again, and may God bless us. I guess I'll close in prayer. Father in heaven, I just want to give thanks for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that he has saved me, that he has saved us. And we thank you, Lord, for that day on the cross when he took care of all of our sin. We're thankful for the day, Lord, when we trusted in you. And Lord, we think of here to the audience here, if someone has not trusted you, Lord, that they may realize that this is the most important matter. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Lord, I pray that today we'd be able to go forth and to share with one more person the wonderful news of salvation. So Lord, I give thanks for this day. I ask your blessing upon this assembly. In our Savior's name, amen. Sam, did you happen to have that song? Okay, I, I, sorry, do what you normally do. That's right.